In both of our first reading and our gospel reading today, both readings have this eerie tone to itself about the end times, very kind of an apocalyptic nature. But what is interesting is when we think of apocalypse, we think of the end times and how the world's coming to an end. But the word apocalyptic really means the revelation of God's plan for history. Because if we look at both readings, it's all just fire and brimstones. The world's going to end. The world's going to burn. The world's going to come to its collapse. But what world is really coming to collapse? He's not saying the literal world around us will come to a collapse. But the world that we know it, the world that is around us, is coming to an end. Because what he's about to do is going to bring about a new world a new way of living, a new purpose, a new mission. And we can begin to understand and see this because we ourselves can step back from that situation. We can read further on in Scripture and make sense of what is going on. But for the people of that time, the people in which Jesus was talking to, they had no idea. When Jesus said the temple was going to be destroyed, the temple became a central and important place for the people. To say that it's going to get destroyed, people began to freak out and look at Jesus funny. Because Jesus, when he was walking around the world, walking around in the world, teaching, preaching, they were trying to make sense of who he is. Some saw him as a moral teacher. Others saw him as a magician who can heal people. Others saw him as someone who can forgive people of their sins, a guru. He could be a god or just a very good liar for that matter. So what is he really coming to do and what is he about to do? He comes for a specific mission. Because what he illustrates in our gospel reading today is the sense of emptiness. He's coming to eradicate this emptiness in this world to end the aimlessness of people walking around purposeless, without a mission, without a goal, without knowing where they're going. And finally, the end to death. So to, very, to sum it up very nicely, he's come to made us for more. He's come to call each of us for something more than what we are. We're just not a clump of cells that are sitting here we're not just walking around like zombies with nothing to do, with no purpose in life, and then we just take our last breath here on earth, and that's it. But we're all, as individuals, made for more. And therefore, Jesus has come to show us that and point us towards what we're made for. So when we take a look back and continue to read the end of Luke, we find out that he's preparing for his passion, his death on the cross. But his passion and death on the cross is not just the whole thing. Because if Jesus just walked the earth, preached about the kingdom of heaven, and died on the cross, he's therefore no much different than just a liar, a guru, a magician. But what makes it so powerful and shows us how we're made for more is not only that he died on the cross for you and for, for me, but that he rose again from the dead. So his first action of rising from the dead is to end death. Death has no victory over us, 
and that we were meant to be with him for eternal life. And it all begins, this made for more, made for greatness, begins at the resurrection. Death, therefore, in Jesus does not just end, is not the end of life. Because he himself becomes the way, the truth, and the life. When we look at the temple in our gospel reading, the temple was seen as a place in which heaven and earth met, where God resided with his people. He points and illustrates to us that this temple, this building is not just it. This temple where the heavens and the earth meet, where the holiness and the divine encounter each other, is not meant for just a dwelling place, not just a superficial place to please and appease the gods, but it's a place meant for us to be in relationship with him, to encounter him as a personal, intimate being with us. We forget, therefore, that God is here and called us for more because he calls us for a deeper relationship. The temple was a place in which God shows how he resides with his people, how he's left a covenant and entrusted to his people that I will remain faithful to you, even if you choose not to remain faithful to me. He dies on the cross for us to give us a purpose. That purpose in life is not just a relationship but this restorative aspect to our lives. It's not just a distance, a thing that we hold, we have to do, but something we ought to do. He's come and became flesh and dwelt among us and walked in our midst to show us how to be in relationship with him. That purpose brings us back to him. We're not just supposed to be wandering kids at a far distant aisle looking and wanting for something. If we look within our hearts, within ourselves, we're always yearning for more. Because the purpose of our life is not just that of this world. We're not satiating and satisfying our purpose. We're not meeting our goals in life. We think those goals become that of the world, adorn the temple with these great beautiful jewels. But it's no more than just a hollow building with expensive things. Or to even put it this way, look at your house. Is your house just filled with all these material things, filled it all over the place, but yet every time we walk into our house, there's still this emptiness within ourselves. There's still this missing. There's still this yearning for more and wanting for more. And so finally, this emptiness. We ourselves know what that yearning is and how we can satiate that yearning. Because we know our purpose in life is to know, to love, to serve God in this life and in the life to come. That is what we're meant to be. That's going to fill that emptiness, that void that we have within our lives. He himself therefore becomes the temple. He fills us and we become that walking temple into the world to share, to give the world what it's missing. That love that God has come to share, that love that God wants to impart on us, the love that we become to others. 
we see the Word made flesh again. He shows us how to love. He gives us the example of Himself as a sign of love. His crucifixion on the cross. Because our understanding of love is just a sentimental feeling we have within ourselves. But that sentimental feeling fades away, goes by the wayside, and never really brings us true love. But my dear brothers and sisters, that crucifixion that we see behind me is a symbol and sign of what true love means. A complete gift of self to the other without counting the cost, without wanting anything back in return. That is true love. That's what we're yearning for. That's what we're hoping for. That's what we're wanting to. We, that's what we want within our lives. So we're made for more. We're made for something greater. What are we going to do about it? If we just focus on our lives and look for the signs of the time, waiting for the world to end, we'll never be satisfied. We will never be satiated. And even if we look at our religion, look at our faith itself, and don't practice it, don't dive deeper in that relationship, or don't believe it for that matter, it's meaningless. And if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, my dear brothers and sisters, everything we believe, everything we hold true is a joke. It's ridiculous. Because why would we believe in this God? Why would we trust in this God? And this God tells us that when we come to him, we have to eat his flesh. Not just like eating as food, but the word to eat that is used in that passage literally means to gnaw off the bone, to eat his flesh and rip it off the bone like a savage animal. If all of that is fake, if all of that entails and lines up to the resurrection, and he didn't rise from the dead, everything we have, everything we believe is a joke. But what he tells us today it is, is it's not. He's shown us the way. He's pointed us to God's plan in our life, and that plan is we are made for greatness. We are made for more, and that more is a relationship with Him. It feels our purpose. It gives us our mission. It shows us what we need to do, and the decision becomes how do we enact it in our lives? How do we live that every day, and do we even choose that relationship? Because if not, nothing really matters in this world. Everything will go fade away. We hear the destruction. We hear the natural disasters in both readings. The world will come ablaze. Things will end, things will fade away, and nothing really matters. But what truly matters is our relationship with Him. Because we are made for more. We are made for greatness. So my dear brothers and sisters, as we come to the end of our liturgical year and begin a new, a new cycle, a new year in the, in the church, let us renew our commitment to that relationship. Let us renew that life in Christ. Let us choose a relationship with him daily because he's not far from us. And in doing so, we begin to have a purpose we begin to have a mission. We have a reason for what we do. 
and so that we can gain eternal life and have eternal life abundantly with Him in heaven. Amen.